what is the millennial boom? It might just be the sound of warfare across the two largest generations in America today. Boomers number 76 million, but millennials are maxing out at 82 million. Is it possible to reduce the friction and respect each other? In meetings all over America, millennials and boomers are trying to work together despite their massive differences. She might be smiling on the outside, but inside she is very tired of dealing with her boomer boss. What's cool about this podcast is we cover the five areas of conflict, workplace and workspace, schedules and priorities, dress and body art, marriage and children, and last but not least, technology. We're gonna have rules of engagement to help you thrive in life and work. Let's thrive together on Millennial Boom Podcast. Welcome back to the Millennial Boom Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly, and great to be here. So today we are gonna talk about you just don't get it. What, what does that mean? Generalizations that create the conflict, okay? So here's a quote that Hans and I thought was awesome. Never argue with a fool. Onlookers may not be able to tell the difference. Mark Twain. That's a very powerful statement, and I've noticed this in my life and in my work life, both, right, work, workplace and at home, that there are these generalizations that just create conflict, and we assume something is happening, or it's our perception that it's happening in our head, but then when we confront it and start acting on it from afar, I mean, think about it. You're looking at some guy waving his arms up in the air and oh, blah, 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 blah. And the other guy's staying quiet. Who's the fool here? From, from far away, who is the fool? So a couple years ago, I remember I was begging, begging my boomer parents to listen all right, countless hours of wasted words, right? We would just sit and just talk and talk and talk. There were so many nights that I lay awake thinking this poisoning thought of you just don't get it, right? Every time I asked a question, it was no, right? I asked why, no, don't ask me why, do what you're told. So as time passed, I observed that many people, many all make their own generational generalizations so and we've neglected to get to know each of these generations so we're going to walk through a few uncertainties of the you just don't get it we're going to talk about working together bringing both generations together to reduce generalizations and help everyone get it i mean really because that's what it's about it's about thriving and working together so listen when I was in my early 20s, I remember working as a logistics manager, and I remember asking the question of why, right? I, I said to him, um, hey, what's going on with this you know, package or shipment, and why are we shipping it via FedEx, or why are we doing it this way? In no way, shape, or form was I trying to disrespect anybody, okay? It was more just a question of knowledge. But the, the question came into like, I mean, vividly, I remember the look on his face, right? It was like he smirked, then kind of laughed a, bit, a little bit, right? And then really refused to give me the answer and then said, do it the way you were told. It's not that hard. What? I'm asking a question. Well, what, what, we're not allowed to ask questions? I mean, how many people have seen that 
in today's workforce, workplace, everywhere, is that you ask a question and people actually get offended by the question that you ask. And really, you're just trying to understand what is going on so you don't look like a fool when you go and talk to someone about what you're doing and how you're doing things. So I started to sweat, the gut-wrenching feeling of, oh, what's going on? My stomach just kept turning. I thought, what are you talking about? Why, why can't we do it this way? I was just asking a question. Where are we going with this now? It seems like now I'm being told what to do. I left the conversation shaking my head and thinking, he just doesn't get it. Now, ironically, my boomer boss was thinking the identical same thing. I just don't get it or he just doesn't get it, right? I guarantee you, most of you that are listening right now currently work for a boomer or work with another person in a different generation every day. Now, as the generations come up, after the boomers, we must open and respect the process that have been put in place or we jeopardize opportunity for changing in the workplace. So millennials are lazy. Baby boomers are old. Xers just do what they're told. Do you hear these generalizations all the time in the workplace? You might not anymore, but you did before because companies are cracking down off these generalization or <laughs> generation generalizations. Say that five times fast, right? So there are many things. We have to come to terms with globalization, technology, and the biggest thing is working together. I mean, here, you can stand behind the curtain and do what you're told, but don't be afraid to change. Be the exception and challenge yourself and society. We don't need the old ways always talking about this is how it's been done. This is how we're going to be successful. This is how we were successful. Let's talk about the future. So the blank stare. Has anybody encountered a blank stare? The sweat begins to bead down the left side of your face, just barely missing your eye, which makes you blink, right? Then it happens. The response, it comes out. You let off a huge sigh. Oh, gosh. Finally, for a second, I thought, what was going on? The blank stare that I just got was so intense, it could have been stage set up for an ultimate fighting championship weigh-in. I mean, think about it. The tensions were there. They were flaring. The midnight oil was burning. And the curse of not knowing what was going on or going to happen next was the biggest fear and biggest part of my anxiety. So some might call it the poker face, but to me, it's just a good old-fashioned blank stare. It's not that you don't want me to figure out what you're thinking. The obvious answer is you just don't get what I'm talking about. And now this goes both ways. So some people listen going, wait a minute, what are you talking about? I understand what you're talking about. I'm just not responding. I'm being an active listener. Yes, we understand that. But in a lot of situations that we've realized and that Hans and I have gone through, a lot of the cases are that you're just not understanding the other side. And so the blank stare happens more and more. And really, you got to pick up the conversation and not just any conversation, but a satisfying conversation to move forward in a healthy and happy way. So I figured out over time, you don't always have to speak after someone responds or before you speak again. I have been in a blank stare competition many times in my life, right? And I've also waited for the first person to blink. I've also found that let's move past this and come back to it is another great way of moving forward. You don't have to figure out the answer right now. You can put notes on and say, you know, that's a great idea. And we're going to come back and look at that later. Or say, hey, I don't think that's a great idea. And I'm going to think about it a little bit more so I can give you some justification of why. Think about how power that is. Think about how your pitch is delivered. 
both parties can then step back and honestly look for a way to move forward. So let's talk about generalizations that make you shake your head. I mean, I'll shake my head right now just for the fun of it. But generalizations that plague the workplace are not profitable. They are not profitable. Can you think of any specifics that disturb your everyday existence in the workplace? Hans and I did a Facebook Live on this in 2020, and we went through all the generalizations from a boomer about millennials and millennials about boomers. So if we look at these, let's look at boomer generalizations by the millennial. Old, closed door, they lack creativity, no risk-taking, I'm the boss, lack of trust, conscientious, and corner office. Okay, all right. Some of these can be changed, but I, but I somewhat agree with some of them, and I think that some of them are generalizations for sure because um, I, I know a lot of boomers that have great creativity. So let's look about millennial generalizations by boomers. Ooh, this is fun. Arrogant, lazy, kids, narcissistic, cubicles, lack of time management, suspicious, and out of the box. Ah, some good ones. Some of them very good. Some of them generalizations. Just as the boomers have great creativity, the millennials are great out-of-the-box thinkers. So we have great positives out of these generalizations, but we take these generalizations and turn them into negatives sometimes. So we have to flip that negative and bring it into a positive. And look at both sides of the fence. On one side of the fence, you've got millennials that call boomers old. Why do we call someone old? Is it because of their appearance or the period of time they've been alive? This generalization writes off a person as antiquated and not on top of their game. It doesn't leave room for understanding their true capabilities and tapping into their experience. No, stop calling people old. On the other side of the fence, though, boomers can be very critical to millennials, wanting them to move way too fast. Neither of these views are helpful, as both generations have so much to contribute, and together we can achieve more by pursuing mutual respect, collaboration. That's what I'm hearing. So what about this? I'm the boss versus I'm the leader. We see this in the workforce every single day. So let's take a look at what a leader is versus what a boss is. So a true leader are people who, no matter what, young, old, seek to inspire and learn on a daily basis, right? I mean, true leaders. But a boss who doesn't lead effectively or open the doors to success for their colleagues is not a leader. And a boss can be a leader, and a leader can be a boss. But the true art of a leader is how they interact and treat their colleagues for their future success. Not just the leader's future success, but the goal of that leader is to develop future leaders and future success. Because without that, we would just have a bunch of managers competing in the rat race, competing for revenue. And as we know, all managers are not great leaders. So, and then that brings you to think about it. Have you ever walked into your manager's door, right? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, not walked into the door, but have you ever gone to see your manager? Door's always closed. He's always in his office, or they're like, oh, that guy's always in his office. Don't disturb him. He's in his sanctuary. You know what? Throw that in the trash. 
You know, I'm not saying just barge in and start interrupting people, but there's a difference between closed door versus open door policy. An open door policy doesn't just mean the door's open. It means that that office, that area is open for all employees, open for all people, open for discussion, for collaboration, for creativity, right? Open for issues. It's open all the way around. It swings both ways. So more and more organizations say that they have open door policies when truly they do not. I've been in corporate America, I've worked for family-owned businesses, and I can tell you, everybody says open door policy because that's the law. But guess what? It's like a college professor hours almost at times. They're there between one and two, but they're always saying, oh yeah, book us time, we're around, yeah, book us, we're here. No, realistically, their hours are between one and two, and that's when you can get them. That is a boss mentality, not a leader mentality. Leaders want to let their workforce know that they are ever in need of anything. The door is always open. But re- very rarely do we see this happen in the boss mentality. How do we create an environment that is consistent and open with transparency? There are two very, uh, two very important aspects of leadership that need to saturate any organization. And we're going to talk a little bit more about it in the rules of engagement on how to conquer the closed door policy. And I say it many, many times over and over, communication and collaboration. Because Hans says you can condemn or collaborate. Well, now when you collaborate, now it's time to communicate and collaborate again. So we're going to use those C's more and more and more. Starting a new position or even a new place of work can be intimidating and overwhelming, right? But communication and collaboration can really bring you to the front line. At first, you come in happy and excited knowing you must have made an impression or else why would they have hired you? But to them, you're still learning. You're still the greenhorn. So you got to find your place in the communication and collaboration and find also the biggest problem is you just don't get it attitude. They're going to think that you do not get it. So there is that communication and collaboration that works through every step of the way. And that example of you know a new position or a new place of work is one of them, right? So how do we educate and enlighten without actually sounding like we know more than everybody else? It's a fine line. I say this a lot to people, and I really went through this between 2007, 2010, is there's a fine line of confidence and arrogance. And if you know anybody with that line, you know it can be crossed at any time. I've crossed it myself many times, but we have to know where that line is. So for millennials today, whether we've worked for someone short or long-term, it seems appropriate to speak up and explain our position. Now granted, you can't just start lecturing and speaking over to people to get your point across because that is rude and disrespectful, right? But know this, remember that there is a big difference between blabbering knee-jerk opinions and expressing an educated response that is forward-thinking. Always, always remember that. And then know that knee-jerk reaction that you could have made, write it down. That could be a new idea of creativity. The kind of response is priceless. Start to create a culture where collaboration and communication lead to many new open doors. Seek first to understand though, for sure, okay? So why don't they just get it why don't you get, why don't both of you get it? And why do they say, just do what you do what I say, do what you're told? Uh, those are very, very powerful, right? So why don't they get it? And I talk about this in the book is that people, people often don't get it because they choose not to. 
Hans kind of tried to understand this at first. He's like, why the, why don't they get it? Why don't you get it? And I said, because everybody has a different perspective of how they look at things. I have come to my own realization that people have a choice to either understand another person or not, right? It's very simple. I'll tell you a story about when I, when I was out to dinner with a business colleague. One of them said, how many tattoos do you have? I laughed and said, a few, why? He's, as the conversation progressed, he said that he would never get tattoos because as a businessman, the perception just wouldn't be right. Keep in mind, I'm a businessman. Keep in mind, we were doing business together. He laughed and added, what am I going to get? The teardrop by my eye that gangsters and prison inmates get? What? This person's views about tattoos were clearly generalized and he just didn't seem to get it, nor did he want to. It was hard for me to even explain. To some, this could be offensive and even rude because someone is mocking your culture and identity right in front of your face, pretty much making fun of you in the workplace. I could have replied offensively. Instead, my response was, yeah, you could do the teardrop if that's what you like, if that's what you want, if that's what you would have decided to do. The conversation turned very quickly too, though. I was just kidding. Statements and comments of how great my tattoos were now why didn't this person get that he was offending a culture right in front of me? I made the decision to slide past the generalization and move forward. Talking about business. Talking about other things. Cracking jokes on other things that do not matter. But he just didn't get it. And why? Because he chose not to. And you can tell he chose not to because he kept talking about it and then moved past it and complimenting. When people are unsure and don't know what to do, right? You've heard this. Confuse them or convince them. So at a point of being right convinced at the time that I'm to the point saying, okay, I'm, I'm done listening. Now he's going, okay, well, tattoos are bad. Teardrop gangsters, inmates. Oh, I love your tattoos. At that point, he was trying to confuse to move past the con- to a new conversation. So why don't you both get it? I believe at some points in your life and, and, any, and any colleague will tell you, right? Um, you'll completely miss what other people are trying to say. You could have a third party looking at you from the other side, going, shaking their head, going, don't listen to them. There is a clear struggle in the workplace that can be overcome by communicating your position, but not over-communicating. Very, very simple. So yet everyone is to understand and they want to listen. I say this about TikTok all the time. You got about five seconds to keep me engaged before the next video. Each video is about 15, 30 seconds, and 60 seconds. If not, you're going to get swiped up so fast, I'll never even know you existed. So it's the same thing. We have to communicate in the right way. Everyone wins when we truly listen and absorb different information to help you get it. We're going to help. It's bouncing ideas off everybody, getting new responses, getting the, are you serious? Why would you say that? Think about it. I've seen all kinds of active listening, engaging listening to help these generations communicate better in an effort to enable both sides to understand it, right? But then it comes back to do what I say. Do you remember that first feeling of knowing what you wanted to do? Maybe it was a firefighter, a teacher, offshore oil rigger, a hippie, an athlete, a businessman like myself. I remember when I was very young, I wore my dad's shoes, ties, and hat. I thought I was ready to go to work. I was always wanted to be a businessman. That's right, the road warrior, the CEO, the head honcho. I wanted it. I didn't realize how to get it at that point besides walking up and saying, hi, I'm the CEO. People ask CEO of what? I would say my life. Then reality hit me. 
like an icy snowball smacking me to the side of the face. My brother will get that. He's had that happen many times. And you know what's funny though is it isn't all it's cracked up to be. My opinions weren't appreciated. My thoughts were ignored. And my hopes for an office went down the drain. Every job I took on included a boss who told me that if I just did what I was told, I would go far in the company. If, they just, if I did what they said, I would be like them in 20 years. I recoiled and thought to myself, when did I decide to sit back and not exploit my passion and listen to somebody else? I started to learn very quickly how to maneuver through the do what I say approach. Think about it. Maneuvering through the do what I say approach. You're thinking, how is that possible? Well, taking it back to when I was a teenager, being an entrepreneur, mowing lawns, washing cars, right? People would tell me, don't do that. They would say, enjoy being a kid, right? I even was a dishwasher at a restaurant. I learned how to maneuver through my parents. And my parents were constantly telling me, Patrick, do your homework. Patrick, follow up with your coaches. Patrick, don't forget you have work. Patrick, don't work too many hours. Patrick, do what you're told and do that and don't do that. Patrick, when you grow up, you won't be able to have a real career if you do this. Patrick, Patrick, Patrick. I mean, Jesus. Every single time I turned, I was being told what to do and how to do it. And then what's funny is, when I ended up leaving, right? Or sorry, being kicked out of my house, right? I always say that's always funny because I left very early before I graduated uh, when my parents split up. So I went from having to do what I was told all the way to the age of 17 to go do it on your own. How many people have had that? How many people have been told to, to do it their way and then boom, you have to go do it on your own. Now you've got to empower yourself. You've got to realize that everything that you're doing now, you've got to do for yourself, provide for yourself, right? Grow up by yourself, work as many hours by yourself, tell yourself what to do. And guess what? They keep asking why. And I keep asking why not? I continue pushing jobs to the limit to better myself and to pursue my own path and dreams. That's what I believed at the time. And I think if you do that, It'll empower you more as you get older and you will inspire more people and give them more tools for it to work with in life. Life is full of people that have the ability to lead, change, and inspire the world with their words, actions, and decisions. They do. Even you do. The life trajectory of people turned out so differently than they were in their past or where they are today. History books give us great stories about the awesome leaders and the legacies that they have left behind. I believe that if everyone became a complacent and did not, do, you know, if they did everything they were told to do, they'd be missing out on some of the greatest people in history. So think about it like this. Why is it so important to work together? Look at the question, why? I'm asking why, but that's a great question. Why is it important to work together? The other day I listened to a few of my colleagues just talk about discrepancy on accounting and uh, the, I will say it's an ongoing debate between sales and accounting and you guessed it right. It was a boomer and a millennial. I finally jumped in after I heard the famous words, maybe I just don't get it. And I said, listen, working together is part of life. Whether it's a relationship with a, your significant other, siblings, coworkers, or teammate, the real root of this problem is a breakdown of communication. And it's so interesting because just having a third party step in, like I said, and say, hey, listen, this is what we're seeing. This is what we're understanding. It makes a huge difference. You know, I remember many times throughout my, even my adolescent years, I was told by elders not to ask the question of why. 
They didn't want to hear my story or how I perceived it. And that's why it's so important to work together because it's actually a question of knowledge and trying to understand why it was done this way. And no one wants to be shoved off and say, we don't care what you're doing. We don't care what you're saying. It's time to take something away from what was happening in the past or was done, take it away and build something new. Think about what it would look like if we didn't ask the question of why. Why is it so important? Why do we work together? So many hours and dollars are lost behind closed doors because we won't take the time to ask why and work together. So here's a fun one. And Hans and I talked about this, is that each company, each organization is working to understand the generations below them. My father-in-law worked at the post office, or still does, and for many years he spoke about all the people that worked at his facilities, from millennials to boomers. And a lot of these are veterans, okay? A lot of these are military veterans. It seems that millennials always ask the question of why, though. Everything a boomer often says is yes, sir, and comply, right? There's the military, but the millennials ask why. There needs to be a real wake-up call in the workforce and a sense of urgency to change. Working together for change would be a huge benefit to your organization or any of the departments that you have. Some try to slither between the cracks quietly and wait for the opportune moment, right, for construct, you know, to, to pretty much lead constructive change, while others blare out announcements saying, hey, the next big thing's here. But while we work together and promote better working environments, the workplace in and out will start to get better. Hans and I knew that as we started to write this book, we were one click away from every person, every millennial, every boomer, every Xer thriving and work together. And just like you, I hope you're listening to this because you have that desire to thrive together in and out of the workplace. So a couple rules of engagements that I'm going to leave you with. The best work teams are multi-generational where each generation allows the other to express their view of life and work. That will allow creativity all the way around the board. 360 degrees, 720. It's just going to keep going, keep revolving. Creativity, passion, profits will grow. So, so it's time to move past that you just don't get it. Move forward. How do you do that? Spend time crawling inside the head of opposing generations to see and understand the world that they see. Ask questions of why to them. Ask questions of why to each generation. We have tried to do that throughout this entire process. Keep doing it. So people are so uh, excited when you ask why, not demotivated. And last but not least, understand how to thrive together. Work with your colleagues on steps to move forward. Figure out solutions and come together to create a better working environment for everyone on the team. All right, everyone, thank you for joining me today in the You Just Don't Get It. And we'll see you next time on Millennial Boom. Remember, I'm your host, Patrick Kelly. Hey, don't forget to hit the subscribe button below to get updates on the Millennial Boom. And hey, if you have time, please leave a review. We would love to hear back from you. Again, join us on social media as well. YouTube, Facebook, Millennial Boom Now. Twitter, at PatrickKelly85. Instagram and TikTok, the Patrick Kelly 85 and check out my book on my website at thepatrickkelly.com. Order now. Hey, I look forward to chatting with you each week. This is going to be a great, valuable time. And hey, I'm glad you joined the boom, millennial boom.